Joining me now is Peter Lewis from uh, Hong Kong, our Asia business correspondent. Hello, Peter. Hello, Andrew. Good afternoon. Now, I have heard that every single person in Hong Kong is about to be tested for the old COVID, and that sounds extreme. Tell me the story. That's true. Um, the government's ordered the compulsory testing of every single resident in Hong Kong. That's about 7.4 million people, uh, not just once, but three times. We've got to be tested three times uh, in March. Um, and then if we uh, test positive, we're going to be whipped off to these isolation units that they're trying to build. Uh, except there's a big problem. Uh, the problem is uh, we don't have enough places to put people in. The, the government insists that every single person who tests positive, regardless of whether you're showing any symptoms or not, has to go into hospital. We have about 60,000 people at the moment who are positive, who haven't been able to get into hospital because you've probably seen the pictures. Our beds are completely full. There's, uh, you know, you see these disturbing pictures of gurneys outside on the streets with people waiting to be taken inside. And it could be that this testing um, at the moment, you know, we're, we're throwing up about uh, 17,000 new cases a day uh, right now. So this testing, by the time it's completed, could easily find um, maybe a couple of hundred thousand mm. positive cases. And we're just not going to have uh, the, the hospital beds or the isolation units uh, to be able to cope, even with the help of uh, mainland Chinese officials who are sending people over uh, to build something like 50,000 new isolation units. By the time they're built, uh, it's just not going to be enough. So it, the long and short of it is we're in a complete mess here. Yeah. Well, my next question, which I was thinking about about a minute ago, was, well, is this going to work? But you seem to, it seems to be a litany of not working, isn't it? It's, well, so far, um, everything the government has tried hasn't worked. Uh, we have the most draconian uh, lockdown measures anywhere on the, on the planet, um, and yet our cases are just spiralling um, out of control. Part of it is, uh, is the government's fault. They just have not prepared uh, for what was almost really an inevitable surge in cases. There's been two no. years to prepare for this. Peter, you know what? Uh, Hong Kong on Wednesday reported a record 8,674 new coronavirus cases and 43 deaths. I can tell you that New Zealand today did 12,000 cases. Admittedly, we didn't yeah, do the well, deaths, but we did 12. Uh, there's, what, 5 million of us, 7.4 million of uh, uh, Hong Kongese. It, it seems a little bit of an overreaction to be you know, testing all 7.4 million, not once, but three times. And also, yes, uh, and also what you have to take into account is the mortality rate for, for people who are vaccinated is about 0.02%. Most people um, don't show symptoms or only show mild symptoms. So it mm. really is a, a crazy situation where you force everyone into hospital. So our hospitals have become, in effect, government isolation units, and they simply cannot cope. Um, and the government refuses to let people self-isolate at home, even if you have no uh, symptoms. So we're in this crazy situation where every person who tests positive uh, is, is forced into hospital. Um, young children um, are being separated from their parents. Wow. Um, so we have you know, <laughs> disturbing images of just young girls, you know, you know, three or four years old, not being allowed, their parents not being allowed to go with them. So, um, you know, the, the whole situation is, is really crazy. 
It sounds like the sort of situation which would not have happened under old Hong Kong, but does happen under new Hong Kong ever since the Chinese started taking over more control a year ago. Well, what a lot of people think is that this is not about what is the right way of dealing with this from a health perspective and from a a public health emergency. It's about trying to please the mainland governments who are insisting on this zero COVID uh, strategy. Now, the fact is, there is no place in the world that has had this level of COVID cases and has been able to get them down to zero um, again. So a lot of people are saying what we've got to do is do now what most other places around the world are doing and learn to live with this um, and, and do the best to mitigate so that uh, the people who do get sick, which is mainly the elderly, and here a lot of the elderly are unvaccinated, uh, partly because the government has put them off getting vaccinated, um, to, to deal with those people and to help them and to try and let everyone else get on with their lives. Uh, but the, the mainland government refuses to allow that to happen in Hong Kong. Mm. All right. Fascinating. So we've got US-Russia uh, tension. But there continues to be U.S.-China trade tension at the moment, and I see that the United States has added the tech giants Alibaba and Tencent to its notorious markets list. So what's the implications? What's the meanings of this? Well, this notorious markets list, uh, the U.S. has been doing it since 2011. It updates it every year, and it's supposed to be uh, a list of businesses that it believes are involved in trading counterfeits. Uh, goods. So the idea of this list is to basically uh, keep a list of the worst intellectual property abusers and counterfeiters um, around the world. There's about 42 online sites on it, uh, 35 physical stores. And what they've just added uh, is AliExpress, uh, which is run by Alibaba, and then WeChat commerce sites, which are run by Tencent uh, onto the list. Now, it's certainly the case that Alibaba's sites before have had issues with counterfeit goods. I mean, it's the, the biggest uh, online retail platform in the world. Now, in terms of the number of customers it has, and it always has had uh, problems with counterfeit goods. The Chinese government has said it, uh, it itself. Um, but, but these two have now been added. New sites have been added to the list. It joins uh, well-known sites like Pindodo, Baidu, who have got, uh, who have got some of their uh, sites on the list. Tencent it says it strongly disagrees with it. It says it's invested significant resources into trying to protect intellectual property rights. But it's really just another escalation, if you like, of the overall uh, US-China uh, trade tensions, which have been going on now for the, for the last couple of years, ever since the Trump era. Yes, but is this a, a, a big escalation? Is this a big deal or just a medium deal? You know, um... it, It's not a huge deal. In, in terms of the grand scheme of things, um, I don't think it makes an enormous amount of difference to either Tencent um, or, or Alibaba. Um, it's not like that they're on the, yeah. the banned list, which uh, you know some of the other technology companies um, are and simply can't do business uh, in the US at all. So in the grand scheme of things, uh, there, there's much worse uh, sort of going on at the moment in the relationship between the US and, and China. Yeah, but it's not, it's, it's just symbolic and it's, it just shows we don't really like you and that's okay because we don't really like you either. Hey, Peter, have yourself a great weekend and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Andrew.